Good afternoon and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series and podcast. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Arik Rednitsky, project manager of Tel Aviv University's Conrad Adenauer program for Jewish Arab cooperation and a researcher at the Israeli Democracy Institute. Join us to discuss Mansour Abbas, Israel's unlikely new political star. Dr. Rednitsky will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Dr. Arik Rednitsky. Thank you, Stacy, and good afternoon to you all. I'm happy and delighted uh, to be with you here today and uh, shed some fresh light on what is uh, termed, what turned to be a new political star in the uh, Israeli uh, political landscape. With your permission, I'm going to share some uh, slides, uh, not too many, don't worry, uh, just to illustrate. So I believe that the uh, major question here is who is this Islamist kingmaker of the Knesset? What is so new about Mansour or Dr. Mansour Abbas's new approach uh, towards Arab politics in Israel. And with your permission, I would like uh, to begin uh, with his uh, speech uh, a couple of days ago. Well, um, there he stood uh, at the hotel in Nazareth, Dr. Mansour Abbas, delivering a speech directed uh, in Hebrew to uh, mainly the Jewish uh, community, the Jewish majority uh, in Israel. And I was looking at my calendar. It was April Fool's Day, but this was not a joke because it seems that an entire nation or the entire political landscape in Israel was just holding its breath, waiting for this new leader, star, an Arab leader, to speak out and deliver and present his worldview. Well, did his speech bring something new? And uh, not so, not so he did, uh, because actually he did not present or introduced anything new about uh, identity or what are the demands of uh, the Arab politicians or the Arab public. All he did is tried to call upon the Jewish public, try to prepare the Jewish public for a possibility of an Arab party playing a significant role in Israeli politics, maybe for the first time in the political history of Israel. So who is Mansour Abbas? Who is he? Some personal details or biographical details are in place here. What we can say, this gentleman is 46 years old, born and raised in the northern village of Murar. Well, those of you who hear this name, Murar, for the first time, this is no a coincidence. Actually, this is a mixed Arab village. Some 60% of the village residents are Druze, and the rest are divided evenly 20% Muslim and 20% Christian. How relevant is that? Well, we have to admit that Mansour Abbas profile is not the typical leader of an Islamic leader or member in the Islamic movement. Most of whom come from the triangle or the central district of Israel 
or from the Negev, where the current leader, Sheikh Hamad Abu Da'abes, comes from. Well, Mansour Abbas began to deliver uh, Friday sermons in his peace mosque in, the, in his hometown village of Mar at the age of 17. Later on, he continued to study dentistry at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem when he was very active politically in the students' committee. And later, he became the deputy head of the Islamic movement. And later on, as, as late as 2019, he entered the political parliamentary game. So we can say that Mansour Abbas is a dentist by profession, is an Islamist by orientation, and as I can tell based on my personal talks with him, he's a gentleman in his personal conduct. But you know what? The issue here is not Mansour Abbas, the person. This is not Mansour Abbas who tries to introduce a new approach to Arab politics in Israel. Mansour Abbas, with all due respect, is the leader of a political party representing the Islamic movement in the country, in Israel. So here we just have, for the sake of uh, history to be accurate, we have to say some details about this movement established some 40 years ago in the late 70s, early 80s. It gained momentum during the 80s when it entered the social and municipal arena trying to, trying to help the public with the basic needs, try to help the community and society, and mainly trying to Islamicize the Arab society in Israel. In 1995, it experienced a deep rift, a deep split when it its ranks, when it split it into a parliamentary faction headed by the late Sheikh Abdalim and the Wish, and an extra parliamentary faction headed by Sheikh Raid Salah. Well, Mansour Abbas belongs to the first, to the parliamentary faction. And in many senses, he sees himself as the one who continued the heritage of the late Sheikh Abdalanim and the Wish. So trying to uh, skip a bit for our present days, what are the latest developments in Islamic or the political Islam in Israel? And there is a political Islam in Israel. A couple of years ago, the government of Israel banned the Northern faction, the extra parliamentary faction of the Islamic movement. And actually the entire activities and operation of these factions are forbidden according to Israeli law. So actually the only Islamic movement active now is the parliamentary faction. And the new thing about, about this faction came out from the general assembly assembled, gathered in 2018, where the Islamic movement released its charter, declaring its goals for the for the short term and long term. So for, it just came to my, to my hands a couple of days ago, but from a quick view, we can say that the Islamic movement declares itself as belonging to the Wasati, the moderate Islamic stream in Islamic jurisprudence. It preaches to Islam, but taking into consideration the diversity of the Arab society in Israel with Jews and Christians without no coercion. 
It is also considered itself as Palestinian, Arab, humanitarian, and of course, loyal to Allah and its prophet Muhammad. What is important about that? Having declared that the Islamic movement endorses the wasati, the moderate Islamic stream, you can say that the Islamic movement in Israel endorses the new, the new uh, Islamic jurisprudence introduced in the late 90s, named as the Muslim minority jurisprudence, Fiqh al-Muslima. These new Islamic jurisprudence try to improve the Muslim communities, Muslim minorities, of course, preserve their Islamic and religious way of life, but in a way that help them better integrate into the current political and civil system. So given having said that, the new thing about uh, the Islamic movement and Mansour Abbas is that as long as you don't have people to preserve their religious observance, then you may, may miss your goal, your entire goal. So having said that, let us move quickly to the current developments in the Israeli political landscape. And let us just observe what is the process that we are witnessing in the last two decades in terms of political participation in the Knesset. Well, as you can see, I hope everybody sees this slide, there is an ongoing trend of decline in the level of participation of Israeli citizens at large, and especially Arab citizens. The last two years witnessed great turbulence, turbulences in the turnout of Arab citizens. The lowest ebb, the lowest record, the lowest participation rate was recorded in April 19, and again lower for this recent election in March 2021 meaning that almost half of the Arab public, half of the Arab eligible voters do not take part in parliamentary politics. What we saw in the recent Knesset elections are the following results. The joint list and the United Arab list were two, two Arab lists representing the Arab public. The joint list comprising of three political parties and the United Arab List representing the Islamic movement. And the breakdown of the votes is as follows, where two, these two Arab parties or Arab lists gained the majority of 80% of the actual votes. And the rest are divided between Jewish parties. Uh, the Likud became the largest Jewish party in the Arab sector, but in terms of uh, political or actual power, it only equals half a seat in the Knesset. So what is so new about the approach of uh, Mansour Abbas? The main issue here is that the power of the parties, the power of the political parties is declining. What we see in the last 20 years is the ongoing decline of the political parties. They no longer can mobilize the public as they, as they successfully did in the 80s or 
the 90s. Actually, today, every individual in the Arab society considers itself, himself as an individual and autonomous political entity. And this has to do not only with the political parties, it has to do also with the power of the Islamic movement. A quote, Islam is a collective religion. However, except for Friday prayers, today the mosques are always almost empty. The issue of religious affiliation is becoming an individual matter. Therefore, the Islamic movement finds it harder and harder to mobilize the population on a collective religious basis. End of quote, Mansour Abbas, May 2019. <clears throat> so the issue here is the ability of these gentlemen to read the political map and to try to position his new party or his new approach embodied in the United Arab List as an autonomous Arab party in the Israeli political landscape. And he has some good reason to do so. He has some good reasons to do so. Take a look at the following, at the following survey of Israeli citizens, both Arabs and Jews, where they were asked, how do you define yourselves on the political left, center, right scale? Well, typically and obviously, we see that most Arabs define themselves or identify with the left or left center, uh, left center camp in Israel, and the Jews are defined or define themselves as belong or affiliated with the right. But pay attention to those who simply cannot define themselves according to the traditional division between left and right in terms of political division. This is number one. Number two. Just a couple of weeks before the recent elections, we here at Tel Aviv University, the Cornell Adenar program, we asked or we conducted a comprehensive survey among Arab voters. And we asked them the following question. Should an Arab party join the governing coalition? Well, the answers were as follows. We see that the majority said yes. A minority, to some extent, one third said no, divided evenly between those who say no, but an Arab party can support the government from outside and know that no join, do not join under any circumstances. And those who said yes, almost half of them said yes, join any government. But the most interesting issue here is that when we try to analyze the answers according to uh, political intentions, to voting intentions, we see a significant difference between those who identify themselves with the joint list and those who identify themselves with the United Arab List, the Islamic list of headed by Mansour Abbas. You see the answers in front of you. More than half of the voters or potential voters of the United Arab List are ready to join the government or any government. So what does that mean? 
What does that imply? Has Mansour Abbas really introduced a new thing into Arab politics in Israel? Yes, for one thing, he did. The Islamic movement or the United Arab League, the political party, for the first time competed and went on its own and ran and managed to pass the electoral threshold on its own as a political party. Of course, he joined, it was joined by some significant figures, public figures like Mazen Ranaim, but he was an independent figure and not representing a political party. And for the, for the most important thing is that Mansour Abbas tried to focus on the goal before the election. He said that we wish to make the difference. We will make the difference. And he did manage to achieve his first goal. The question is, what will be the outcome? Will the United Arab List join the government or at least support it from outside? Are we on the head on our way to another fifth round of election in less than two years? Well, one thing we have to bear in mind when we speak of Islamists. Number one, time is always on their side. Sabr, patience, and tawakkal ala Allah, put your confidence, your trust in Allah, are the key, are the key words. <clears throat> and number two is that the Islamic sense, the Islamic sentiment is always in the hearts of people. So the popular and social and even political base of support of the Islamic movement is almost guaranteed. So this is as for Mansour Abbas and his new political approach. And thank you very much. Do you have permission to share this uh, slide? Perfect, thank you. So the first question we have in is, uh, you know, exactly what will happen if there is a fifth election? Will Mansour Abbas rejoin the Arab list or, or will he continue with his own party? Uh, it is still early to tell, but assuming that Mansour Abbas uh, has, has made an exceptional political move, which maybe some consider as a brilliant uh, political step, trying to position himself as a new autonomous independent uh, player. I don't think that a rejoiner to the joint list is on the table. I think that the entire political or, or Arab parties, all our parties have to do their soul searching and try to make the appropriate configuration in order to increase representation in the Knesset. Thank you. And will Israeli society accept the political Islam in Israel? Well, in terms of Israeli politics, I think that uh, one thing for sure that we cannot take anything for granted. A couple of days ago, uh, we heard the leaders of the ultra-Orthodox Jewish party saying that it is better to rely on the votes of an Islamic or an Arab party rather than on the votes of leftist parties. Both ultra-Orthodox and Islamists are fundamentalists and we have to bear this in mind. So paradoxically, relying on Shas and Abbas for Netanyahu 
is not so a paradox. Is the growth of the Islamic movement among Israeli Arabs good or bad news for Israeli Jews? Bad news for Israeli Jews. Is the Islamic movement do not try uh, to challenge actually the the nature of Israel as a Jewish state. It, it might sound confusing for, for a while, but briefly we can divide the Arab society into four political streams. Number one are the pro-Zionists who vote for Zionist parties. Number two is the Arab Jewish communist uh, stream. Number three are the nationalist stream. And number three is the Islamic stream. So paradoxically, the pro-Zionists and the Islamists do not focus on the questions of, of, of self-determination to Jews on this holy land. They, they're trying to focus their goal on improving the status of the Arab community, which is predominantly Muslim. Understood, thank you. And has Abbas's life been threatened by the Islamists currently in power or is he generally accepted? No, no, Masro Abbas is, is, is accepted. As I mentioned, he, he's not just an individual which is political, his political peep by an accident. Mansour Abbas is a member of the Islamic movement since uh, his, his early 20s. This is not a coincidence that he, he reached to be uh, the, the deputy head of the Islamic movement. He, and, and actually, if there is a real demo democratic process, it is within the Islamic movement ranks that before each election, each election round, they select or, or hold their internal primaries in, in, in the United Arab list. And, and he was re-elected recently to head this list. And indeed, he, he managed to pass the electoral threshold. So he doesn't, he doesn't face any threats on his life. And one more thing to say about that. A couple of weeks before election day, there was a mass demonstration in Umar Fahim and uh, about or trying to protest uh, against the, the, the problem of crime and violence in the Arab sector. And then came Mansour Abbas and he was attacked, uh, almost physically attacked by uh, some activists belong mainly belong to nationalist circles. Such, such images of seeing their leader being attacked by the mass, this is serving as a mobilizing issue, trying to, meaning that it was translated later to a power of support in Mansour Abbas in the last election. So, so his leadership is not under question, that's for sure. Thank you. And how do Israeli Arab Christians and secular Israeli Arabs feel about the growth of the Islamic movement movement among Israeli Arabs? Indeed, the question of uh, intra-religious uh, relations uh, was quite tensed in the late 90s uh, when the Islamic movement gained momentum and it was mainly manifested in Nazareth, you know, the holy city to the Christians and where there was the Islamic movement or Islamic activists trying to establish a mosque 
Um, but we have to say that during the course of the last 20 years, these tense has somehow been relieved. And also owing to the uh, external developments. So you, you cannot disconnect the Arab Muslim Palestinian minority called community living inside Israel from the external developments. And they are all affected by what came to be known as the Arab Spring events and the tensions between sects, religious sects throughout the Middle East. So the Islamic movement is, uh, of course, focusing on trying to improve the status of Muslims. And actually, during the last, uh, the last year, during the coronavirus pandemic, Islamic movements activists actually provided for help or tried to, to meet the demands of the entire Arab community, not just Muslims. Wonderful, thank you. And how many Israeli Arabs are there? And has there been any change over the past years in Israeli Arabs voting for Israeli mainstream parties? You had that wonderful graph up there earlier. Can you comment on the, that? Uh, <clears throat> today, there are almost 2 million Arabs living in Israel according to official statistics, but, that, but these figures include some 3,000 inhabitants living in East Jerusalem who cannot vote to the Knesset. So the actual number of Arab citizens are 1.7 million uh, living in the Galilee, the triangle in the center part of Israel, the Negev and the mixed Arab, Jew, Jewish Arab uh, cities. Um, and I would say that the division between like 80% voting for Arab parties and 20% voting for Jewish parties. This is what characterizes the breakdown of the Arab vote throughout the last 10 or 15 years or so. Thank you. And what is the rapport between Mansour Abbas and the Palestinians and Hamas? Is there any at all? Well, um, the relations between the Islamic movement and the Hamas uh, are, not, are not so uh, publicly or, or they're not, you, you cannot, you do not hear on a daily basis or like some regular basis on connections between Islamists from that part of the Green Line and the other part of the Green Line. And actually, I think this is what characterizes the situation of the Palestinians from both sides of the Greenland. Each community is trying to promote its own status and deal with its, its, own, its own problems. Uh, of course, uh, some religious uh, affinity, religious connections, but I would not say a, an open cooperation or connection between the two communities. Thank you. And how do you foresee Abbas responding in, in the case of, uh, for example, a Gaza war with Hamas with a strong response by IDF to Hamas? In case, in case Mansour Abbas, Abbas's party joined the government, mm. joined the government. Well, um, politics is sometimes misleading. And I think that one thing is to criticize when you're outside of power. But as soon as you have power, this is an entire political 
game. Of course, we hope that another uh, violent uh, round would not break out between Israel and Hamas, but based on the experience of this region, in, in this case, of course, only time will tell, but uh, I can see a scenario when an Arab party supports the government, trying to just go through this tough period very uh, calm and peacefully, and not try just to uh, break the rules and maybe go for another round of elections. Thank you. And what exactly is Abbas looking for to, to be offered to join with a, a coalition party? Well, Mansour Abbas declared some very uh, clear demands. Uh, first, the most burning issue is the issue of crime in the Arab sector, which is actually the first pandemic. Coronavirus comes on the second place. So what he, what he intends is just to make sure that the government really implements the official governmental plan just released one and a half months before election day to eradicate the problem of crime and violence in the Arab sector. Number two is to recognize what are now unrecognized Bedouin villages in the Negev. And number three is a new development plan, like five-year development plan, a new development plan to improve the status of the Arab sector. I think that if he manages just to fulfill one goal, this would make a big difference. Wonderful. Well, as we're approaching the end of our webinar, can you let our viewers know where we can find some more of your work? Uh, yes, I'm uh, a researcher at the Moshe Dayan Center, where you can see the Bayan electronic newsletter published in English, of course. And also you can see my profile and some of my publications at the Israel Democracy Institute's website. Just uh, type Arkudnitsky and you have there. All right. Well, thank you so much. We've come to the web close of our webinar. Thank you again, Dr. Rodnitsky, for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. For our viewers and listeners, please join us Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern for an update with Ashley Perry. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.